This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. everybody, welcome to an episode of Mountaineer Media. CJ, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much, Cooper. We just wrapped up this latest episode with Dr. James Nimitz of the West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine. So that was pretty cool. And I, I know like when people hear that title, they're probably like, okay, what what is that? I mean, you know, right. I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about osteopathic medicine. Not really, at least before we started talking with him. So uh, it's an so easy discovery. Yeah, it was a very exactly turn it on. This is the discovery channel right now. But no, I thought this conversation was very interesting, insightful. And we learned a lot about, you know, what it, osteopathic medicine is. You have a greater understanding of it because you have some uh, family members that, <laughs> that are graduated from that exact school. So that was pretty cool. Me, it was definitely more of a learning experience. But overall, yeah, I thought this was a, a really fun episode. Yeah, if you're tuning in, um, you know, you're going to discover along with us. Um, you know, I know a little bit about it because my sister, shout out Taylor Zimmerman and her husband, uh, Ethan, I guess I should say Taylor Spara because his last name is Spara. Um, but yeah, they both went through the school a few years ago. So I've definitely been on campus quite a bit. Um, but yeah, look, if you're listening, you're about to go on a journey with us. You're going to hear about what it, what maybe a little bit of the nuanced difference of what an MD and a DO is, you know, their mission, uh, how they were founded really fascinating thing cj about you know maybe i won't spoil it but it was really kind of cool that they have like a literal founder of like the the discipline if you will and, and what yeah. he brought to it and how that influenced uh the way they treat patients uh, so he dives into all of that guys look this is a leader in medicine in the state this has got probably one of two three four people that runs a high level medical school in the state um and we're getting his opinion and cj and i we don't know really anything about medical stuff we're kind of asking him some questions but he was awesome he hits him out of the park he tells good stories uh it's educational uh it relates back to rural appalachia and west virginia um, so this is a cool episode, I think, for, for many different angles, but for folks interested in the community well-being and you know, the progress of, of healthy beings in West Virginia, I think you're going to find this one interesting. Yeah, health and well-being, that seems to be uh, a core value of this episode. So and, and really the challenges of doctors trying to prescribe medicine when the symptom is showing that something's wrong, but it might not be X that's the problem. It's actually Y that's the problem. It's a different variable that's causing that. And so that's kind of this whole osteopathic medicine approach is this full mind, body, spirit, wellness. And so it's, it, it gets deep. You know, we get pretty deep in this. So very enjoyable. Hey, Cooper, before we continue with this episode, though, we also just wrapped up our second podcast hold on everybody hear me out we are over on patreon.com if you don't know much about patreon it's another outlet for us to publish content that gives you guys a little bit more insider access to what mountaineer media does so if you head over to patreon.com search mountaineer media you are going to get a lot more of us. I don't know if that's music to your ears or if that's causing agony. I'm not sure, but there's plenty of more Mountaineer Media over on patreon.com slash Mountaineer Media. 
but like, so what are the things that we're, I'm even talking about? Bonus content, ad-free episodes. This episode right now is going to be ad-free over on patreon.com. Merch discounts, insider access. So all of these cool, unique things that we can provide, you know, you, um, that's what we want to do. So the second podcast that I'm talking about is called View from the Top, and it's a top-down perspective on everything that we're doing Mountaineer Media. So like I said, it's a little more insider access. We'll go behind the scenes with this episode and past episodes and kind of give you just a better perspective on what we're doing with Mountaineer Media so that we don't always get to tell you guys about during the actual podcast. So um, there's a couple of subscription tiers and that's kind of how Patreon works. So don't want to hit you with this paywall when you get there and, and it was unexpected, but you know, it's a way for you to support our cause. And in return, we're giving you some bonus content and a couple of merch deals and some insider access stuff. So hopefully you go check that out. Patreon.com. It's easy too. It's in the app store. Check out the Patreon app, download it, search Mountaineer Media. It's easy. Boom, boom, boom. And then you can just go pop on, pop on Patreon, the app and all of the stuff that we post is right there. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, guys. And just to clarify too, I mean, I think we, we've made it our core mission to remain our content. Uh, our regular content is not behind a paywall. We believe in telling stories. We believe in sharing West Virginia content, inspiring people, shining light on businesses. This, you could think of this as you're helping us just double down, triple down and empower Mountaineer Media to continue to keep the lights on literally um, and figuratively and run and keep telling stories. So we certainly, certainly appreciate if you do choose to subscribe. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. And we promise that every dollar contributed into there goes really directly back into this whole venture and will hopefully grow Mountaineer Media for decades to come. So thank you guys so much. Check it out. I do, before we get to this week's uh, podcast with uh, the great uh, Jim Nimitz, Dr. Jim Nimitz. We want to, I do want to point your attention. I have a couple blogs I wrote just as a quick shout out, uh, to myself, right. Um, but no, to Mountaineer Media. Um, one is our, one of our great partners, Calvin Boyle's Jewelry. Uh, it's where I bought my fiance, her engagement ring. And I would have done this post, even if they were not one of our small business partners, because truly they blew me out of the water with their process. So if you're looking to buy high quality, uh, you know, earrings, rings, necklaces, um, statement pieces, gifts, you know, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, whatever it may be, uh, hop over there to calvinborals.com, see one of their three locations. I wrote a blog detailing my exact experience building the custom engagement ring. I even talk about how I proposed in Washington, DC. So that's over on mountaineermedia.org. And then another blog I wrote recently is the toxic side effects of West Virginia small town values. It's a damning headline, but hear me out. I think it's a nuanced conversation about how we can grapple with a couple of things that I think uh, are existent in Appalachia, some mindsets, some concepts. I think they limit us in some ways. I think they can channel us in some ways. I discuss it, uh, my experience certainly with it, but also uh, it's written as an open letter to frustrated maybe West Virginia youth. That's another blog, The Toxic Side Effects of West Virginia Small Town Values over on mountaineermedia.org. Um, those are up right now. And then Joe Justice has another blog out, Coonskin Elk River Trail. If you know Joe, you know Mountaineer Media. He it, it explores all over the state with his two kids, Ray and Clark. Um, almost like Lewis and Clark, they're they're exploring all across West Virginia, but he checks out the Elk River Trail. And I grew up at Coonskins where I learned to play golf. 
cool video, write-up, pictures, the whole nine yards. So all of that is over on mountaineermedia.org. CJ, I don't think I have any other updates. Um, if you don't, we can send the listeners right now to the podcast. Do it. does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast, where we interview influential West Virginians that are making a difference. And we've got a special guest today, Dr. James Nimitz. Welcome to the podcast. How are you, sir? Uh, Good morning. I'm doing fabulous. And yourself? We are doing well. CJ, good morning to you as well, my man. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Yeah, Dr. Nimitz, thank you for jumping on with us, man. We're, we're feeling good. We're happy to have you aboard. Uh, it's great to be here. So I'll start with a fun fact, actually, uh, to get things started, is that my sister, Taylor Simmerman, and her husband, Ethan Spara, both are graduates of uh, the, the school, the West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine, just to be clear, that's you are the president of. Uh, they both went there. So I've been on campus quite a bit. I've been to the graduations under the massive white tent that you all do out there, and I've had yeah, a wow. lot of time. So I'm not sure if you remember those two names, but they graduated in, I think, 2017 and 2018. Wow. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, fantastic. Uh, please say hello to them for me. And I'm so proud of our, of all of our graduates, but uh, please uh, give them my best. Uh, cer- certainly will. I told them this morning that uh, we have a little family group text and I, I sent them a picture of your, uh, your headshot and said, guess who I'm interviewing today. And they, they got, <laughs> they got a kick out of it and they're, they're excited to tune in later this week. Um, but maybe let's just start for a good place for our listeners, because we just celebrated National Osteopathic Medicine Week, April 18th through the 24th. Um, I think a good place to start for maybe some folks that are a little bit unfamiliar with the nuance, and even myself, I'd love to hear from you, help us understand, I guess, the little bit of a nuance difference and maybe some of the similarities with being an MD versus a DO and what exactly osteopathic medicine is, per se. Sure. You know, um, you know, the way I like to tell the story is um, osteopathic medicine is um, it, it's an American tradition of medicine. Uh, it was created by a single person. His name was A.T. Still. He was born in southwest Virginia uh, in the um, oh, I'm blanking on it, but uh, Withville area, sort of the Withville okay. uh, southwestern mm-hmm. uh, Virginia. Uh, He passed through this area, but he spent most of his life in Missouri. And if you think about medicine in the 1800s, you know, it was pretty crude. There there weren't a whole lot of tools. Um, And one of the things about him was he, in addition to being an MD, he was also a minister. So what happened to him was his wife and three of his kids die of uh, meningitis you know, uh, a disease that we can now cure with antibiotics. He didn't have antibiotics. Mm. So think about that. Think about a person who is a healer uh, and a man of God, and he can't save his own wife and kids. Mm. How angry is that man? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And what I think he did, uh, and this this is Jim Nemitz's version of the story. What I think he did was he fueled 
that those negative emotions. And he said, I'm going to figure out a better way of helping people with what I have. And what he had was his hands. And so he started, um, uh, he could, you know, and any good physician actually has this capability. You can actually palpate disease. You can palpate ab abnormalities in the body. And then he also recognized by doing manipulations, by doing treatments, um, he could improve uh, blood flow, nerve function, and restore health because he passionately believed, and many of us do, that, that the body has its own inherent uh, healing mechanisms. And that really what you wanna do is you wanna tap into that and help the body heal itself. Now, it turns out that sometimes the body's overwhelmed by disease and needs medications and antibiotics and, and, and so forth, or you need to cut it out. You need to do surgery. And, and, and that's part of the profession as well. And, and what, you know, the, like, like any medical practice, it has evolved with time. I mean, the information load is, you know, new information is coming out every single day. Mm -hmm. And so you incorporate that into your practice. So modern day osteopathic medicine is equivalent to modern day MD or what's known as allopathic medicine. Uh, and so the two professions are equivalent in the eyes of uh, the, the, the medical profession, the eyes of the legal profession and the eyes of the insurance profession. Uh, they are equal uh, and they just, um, you know, you know I, I, would, I would say that it, it, it's an American form of medicine and in the distinctive element that still exists within osteopathic medicine is the use of the hands. Uh, all DOs um, are trained to both uh, palpate for disease, but also to do these osteopathic manipulative treatment, treatments, OMT. And that's what sets them apart. Um, they also have a distinctive philosophy uh, that is holistic. So uh, our students are taught a holistic view of the body that incorporates mind, body, and spirit. And I, I would say those are elements that, that are just a part of the osteopathic um, profession. That term that you used, holistic, I think that gets, that seems to be getting thrown around a bunch more, um, maybe with a, a, a good or a bad connotation. I, I'm not sure. It depends on what circle sure. I think you're talking in, but um, kind of diving deeper into what you just said, why is osteopathic medicine almost more about the, the healing of the, the body, not so much treating like, it sounds like it's more treating the body, not so much a symptom or something like that, unless there is something very particular, like, okay, we need to remove this or yeah, this is something right. we can treat with medicine. But why is it so much, why does it feel like treating the body as a whole is the best method of practice, if that makes sense? Sure. I, I think that, that that's an important question. And, and you're right. The term does get thrown around a lot. One, I would point out that this is a profession that's been in existence for over 100 years. And, 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 and so they were holistic from the beginning. This is not new for DOs. And so when, so, so the, so, so we're all influenced by the way we're trained. And so when a, when a student, when, like, 
when, when your sister came to the school and and mm -hmm. and they start from the very beginning, from the very beginning, they're they, they, it, they're just taught the interrelationships of the body. But it's more than that. Holistic, I think, for DOs is more than looking at how, for example, the mind has an impact on the physical body, how how the spirit, however you want to define that, and, and it's it's different for people, but but the 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 the, the spiritual component for a lot of people in terms of how they approach disease, how they approach death. Uh, are all integral to the healing of that person. But it's more than that. We are connected to families. We're connected to community. We're connected to our earth. You know, and, and I think, I, I mean, I know I'm going off here a little bit, but, but, but Dio's look at family dynamics. That, I, I mean, and I would say it's not just, I mean, Many good physicians, many good healthcare providers do this as well. It's it's not just DOs that yeah. are taught this. But, but my point is, is do you look at a person's occupation? You look at what's going on in the person's life. Um, what are the stressors? What, what is their work environment like? What is their home environment like? You know, because all of this impacts our health. And we're seeing it now. Uh, with COVID, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, this is, it's starting to feel no, more normal. And thankfully, it's starting to feel more normal. But what I'm seeing is this after effect, where people have been traumatized, and you're now seeing the impact of that trauma on people and how, how it's, it's starting to act out, uh, whether it's at home or in the workplace, uh, in interrelationships and so forth. So I think holistic is, is trying to get at the whole well-being of the person. Now, it's a challenge in, in the way healthcare is delivered these days, but at the same time, DOs are trained this way and they always try to approach the patient that way. The patient is a human being connected to other human beings. CJ, we've got big news here at Mountaineer Media. Mr. B Chips has agreed to stay on board and remain our presenting sponsor for all of 2022. That's easily the best news of 2022 so far. I'm a little biased, I get it. But no, this is huge news for us. And Marianne Kettleson is the CEO of Mr. B Potato Chip, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. So Marianne, thank you for believing in us. We certainly believe in what you and Mr. B is doing as a whole. And Cooper, Marianne, just like one of the coolest people out there, right? We've spoken with her on a handful of occasions. She's ultra supportive, but she's just like this down to earth, chill person, the queen bee, as we like to say. He's an absolute rock star, guys. Check him out, MrB.com. Find them in your local grocery store. We're so, so uh, proud and supportive of Mr. B because they believe in us and they believe in West Virginia. Cooper, there are a couple of things in life that you really just like can't mess up. You really have to nail it on the head, like buying a car, buying a home, buying an engagement ring, something that you and producer Mason Jack just went through. And both of you guys just bought your rings from one of the most trusted jewelry stores in all of West Virginia, and they are now a proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media, Calvin Royals Jewelry 
And Cooper, that was a great decision that you made going to them to buy that ring, wasn't it? It absolutely was. It was a little stressful, but I tell you what, once I walked into the doors at Calvin Boyles, I went to their South Charleston location and look, they made it so easy. I was not put under any pressure. I was informed. It was fun. It was uplifting. It was all about creating the best experience for me buying it, but also with my fiance in mind. They listened to me and I ended up getting a great piece of jewelry. And I think you can too. Anybody listening can go to South Charleston, Taze Valley or Beckley, go in there and see Calvin Boyles, mention Mountaineer Media, and I'm sure they're going to get a little smile across their face because they're investing right back in West Virginia. They even have something called the Heart in West Virginia Collection, and money that comes from that goes towards a scholarship for West Virginia students. So they believe in West Virginia just like we do. Calvin Royals Jewelers, proud partner of Mountaineer Media. Yeah, you can check them out online. They also have stores in Beckley, Taze Valley, and like Cooper said, South Charleston. So check them out online, check them out in stores. But Calvin Broyles Jewelry, proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense to me. And from someone who's like a, a non-medical amateur looking situation, it seems like a structured research, you know, proven scientific backed like method uh, of treat of like tackling the problem or phenomena of mind, body, spirit, right? Like not just that, it, like what's not rated off as, oh yeah, this is all like, you know, hippie medicine. No, it's actually like the scientific approach to treating things. Like this might be sure. connected to this. Like even for me, like maybe it's maybe a little bit of oversharing. Like I had like a dentist appointment once and this is what like further cemented in my mind how everything is connected. Had like a slight jaw strain from that, right? normal dentist appointment had had my mouth open for a long time slight strain on my jaw well then like I, I had like developed this like neck pain and then this neck pain like like started had this tweak in my back and then like it just kind of unraveled thankfully it, it's gone away this has been a couple of years ago but that quick small example just cemented in my mind how interconnected everything is when I went to the dentist and all of a sudden I'm now I'm dealing with like a couple weeks or month later I had like a back issue simply because that threw off a lot of different interconnectedness of the muscles and tendons I'm um, again no idea I'm not a medical person I don't understand what the science behind it, but that just proved in my mind how connected things are. And I think you're right. Another nuanced point is the people that may be feeling physical, like stress or anxiety from the pandemic could play out in their bodies, right? I mean, people have chest pains or different kinks in their neck from different stresses. So I think it's one, I, it does feel like the most natural, almost like the, you would think of the most common sense way that we should be treating illnesses and healthcare and people, but I guess it's just gone through I don't know, maybe decades of um, different style of medicine of like, you have a problem, you get prescribed something immediately and it's a little bit faster and quicker, uh, uh, you know, and you could even go a little bit darker and say, maybe it's more profitable to be, have different medications like that. So it seems like if this is not, I mean, it's not a new thing, like you mentioned, it's been around for a hundred years, but if it's becoming more of a, uh, a prominent part of American life, given the, maybe even the recent developments of COVID maybe exacerbated that. Yeah, could I could I make a couple of comments? Please, um, please. you were um, the guest. This first, is your platform. <laughs> right. First of all, um, so I think it's important for the audience to know that I'm not a physician. I'm I'm a PhD anatomist. Um, I was trained to teach all the classical disciplines of anatomy, though uh, my focus most of my career was uh, gross anatomy and um, uh, and then my science background was neuroscience. So I. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and so from an, so you're absolutely right from an anatomical 
view, the body is interconnected. And part of that interconnection is through what is known as our fascial system, our connective tissue. So things in the upper part of our body are in a way connected through fascia and other connective tissue structures to the, uh, to the lower parts of our body. And so things that occur, for example, down in our pelvis can have an impact up uh, in terms of strains on our necks or our heads. So that, that's very real. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it is based on real science, on, 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 on scientific uh, uh, evidence and discipline. I'll tell you my own story. You know, when I first started here as a faculty member, I didn't know anything about osteopathic medicine. You know, I'm PhDs are typically trained, at least back then, were trained in MD institutions. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, uh, and, you know, so uh, I didn't know anything about osteopathic medicine when I, when I first started. And so um, I used to have low back stra uh, uh, strains. And, you know, weekend warrior stuff, you know, out of shape. And, you know, I tweaked my back. So, you know, I'd, when this would happen, I'd go to my physician, my primary care physician, and they would give me medication. And, you know, within about two weeks, uh, you know, I'd be, you know, better. I mean, we're talking about pain where you can't like have trouble putting your socks on, things mm -hmm. like that, you know. And the studies show that if you do nothing, uh, and it's just simple back uh, strain, it, uh, more than likely it's going to resolve within two weeks. The flat, you know, the, the, the medication just helps you get through it better. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing about DOs and they do these manipulations and how they can restore healing in the body. So I, I tweak my back and I say, I'm going to go see a DO and I do. Uh, and I go see one of our clinical faculty members who's a DO and does uh, uh, OMT. And he does his manipulations on me. And within 24 hours, I'm back to normal. Wow. wow. I mean, it was that powerful. I mean, he was able to reset my nervous system and then calm down what was mm -hmm. going on in my muscle. And um, I was functional within 24 hours. I was amazed. And so then that caused me to actually take the course, you know, I was allowed to take the course because as the, uh, I was the course director for anatomy, I said, I have to teach my students what's important to DOs. You know, what, what, what is the anatomy that's important in addition to the, you know, just the basic anatomy, what, what is important to them? And, and that fascia, that interconnection of the body is a key point. Yeah. I do think that everything that we're talking about often gets overlooked on the patients. And I think patients, when something is hurting and they go to the doctor, they want an answer right away at just a sure. classic, you know, MD and they want some kind of fix. And if they don't get the answer that they're looking for, then they leave upset and might go somewhere else. Or it, I guess my point being is too much of what we do today is too much. Too often do we overlook how important factors like stress from work and family connection and your relationship with friends all play and just general health you know what you're consuming all play a factor into our bodies and i think even though we have had these major advancements in technology and and medicine it's like why where did we go wrong and almost forget that what we consume and how we treat ourselves 
is probably the best healthcare that you'll ever receive. And now it's, uh, does that kind of ring a bell to yeah, you? Yeah. What you guys well, uh, again, a couple of comments here. I think you're raising really important points that speak to the way healthcare is being delivered uh, in our country now. Um, but I also just want to say that as, as powerful as OMT can be, there's still a place for medications. We need medications. And many, you know, DOs prescribe just as much as MDs. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, so, so um, medications are important. Um, uh, and, and, and surgical approaches are important. There, there's all kinds of approaches that are important, but uh, that, that, that we need. Um, but um, some of the challenges for healthcare is we have high cost in this country and, and, and outcomes aren't where they should be in, 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 a, in a lot of cases. Um, and especially for chronic illness. And they're, they're, one of the things that has really gotten degraded, it seems, is, is the interaction between the patient and the physician or the, or the healthcare provider. It doesn't have to be a physician. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the demands on the provider to uh, see the patient within a certain time frame, to see so many patients per hour, the productivity requirements, which are then tied to financial incentives. But the other thing that people don't see is the burden providers have with dealing with the, the electronic health records and the, the inefficiencies of those electronic health records and, and the amount of work that has been generated by those electronic health records. Uh, and and having adequate staffing for for physicians to deal with that because really the the power of the the physician the power of the provider is in fact the interaction with the patient and that um, the, the amount of time has decreased and that's a challenge in terms of trying to make an impact because a lot of times a patient will especially if they're coming to their primary care provider, if they have one, um, are, you know, they're coming in for problem X, but there's really problem Y going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. PJ, when we see other West Virginia companies pouring their heart and soul into the Mountain State, it really does fire us up. And our sponsor, Building Appalachia, man, I tell you, they're doing exactly that. Go ahead and tell the listeners what exactly Building Appalachia does. Well, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties, definitely reach out to Building Appalachia, buildingappalachia.com. Jordan Christ and Jacob Skinner, we had them on the podcast. They're genuine guys, and they just want to make this part of West Virginia better. They want to connect people with their perfect home, or they want to renovate a home and connect it with who, somebody that it might be their perfect home, the next family that moves in there. So find these guys online, buildingappalachia.com. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties, these are the guys that you need to get connected with. 
Well, that's what I was, I mean, Susie, you kind of segued perfectly. Um, I can imagine technology in medicine and the, the point of contact, if you will, being a double-edged sword and, and pros and cons. And the way I see it is like in a couple, especially even in the context, we can set it in rural Appalachia where it might be difficult to get to a, you know, a well-established medical facility if you're two and a half hours out into rural Appalachia. So in one end, technology, right, we can empower it. We can have telemedicine. We can get more access to people that maybe couldn't got it we can have people like educating themselves D different ways i'm sure that technology has improved delivery of medicine patient education client or physician to patient interaction but then in ways that could be negative like you maybe were saying or alluding to is that okay but in those environments if we're not meeting face-to-face -face, having a new nuanced conversation the the provider might not discover that the issue might be related to something else if it's just been if it's been like a 15 minute zoom call with my doctor and i gotta tell him that my back hurts i might not even have enough time to kind of right. we can discover with each other that it's actually because right. something else not because of this thing so technology in all aspects in all industries we've just it's just maybe the American way, maybe modern society way. We want things now, like CJ said, we want things, you know, we want a result. If we leave out of something, we don't have it. Social media, all these things kind of factor into this fast paced world we live into. You could see how then in that case, technology maybe is presenting some challenges for quality healthcare for people. Um, and then layer, and then let me just layer that on top of the, the nuanced challenges of rural Appalachia. Um, just access to medicine, access to different doctors, number of doctors versus number of patients. In your opinion, since the school, and the school seemingly, I've been reading up on the history, since its inception, it was quite clear that the focus and point of it was to have rural medicine, to have uh, a center for education for students, obviously future doctors, but also for the community to benefit from a medical facility in Appalachia. Are there things that, you know, in your opinion over, you know, you've been in medicine now for multiple, multiple decades, that we drastically have improved and then maybe what are some things that still need improvements with regards to like rural medicine in, in Appalachia? Sure. Well, you know, I, um, I love talking about the institution that I've spent the majority of my career at, uh, the West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, this school was founded 50 years ago, um, because the, the DOs that founded the school, four DOs, four visionary men, uh, but also they, they got a lot of help from um, what was then the, the West Virginia um, uh, Osteopathic Medical Association. Um, uh, no, actually the West Virginia Society of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, they became, they, they've changed their name over, over the years. Um, anyway, uh, they, you know, they saw they saw a need that uh, they recognized that uh, rural West Virginia needed more uh, physicians. In particular, they needed primary care physicians, and they they were all uh, primary care physicians. Um, uh, Dr. Bales down in uh, Princeton Bluefield area, Dr. Apgar uh, in the Huntington area, uh, Dr. Wallington uh, in the Wheeling area, and Dr. Um, Newell uh, Sr. In, in the Oak Hill area. You know, just think of that. I mean, four really, they were all strategically mm -hmm. uh, positioned around the state. And, um, you know, what happened was the Greenbrier Military School, uh, which was a residential high school, that property, they, that school closed their doors 
the campus became available. And those four men bought the campus and started the school. And the vision was, you know, we need more physicians in rural West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so now, 50 years later, WVSOM is the number one school in the state, in the Appalachian region, in the nation. Some people say the world. The world is undocumented. All, all the others are documented by third-party sources. Of uh, We're the number one school uh, for rural placement in the state, Appalachian wow. region, and the nation. Wow. Uh, and, and so... The, the, the initial vision of the founders has been fulfilled. Uh, it's a remarkable story. Uh, it, it's, and it's, there were numerous challenges along the way. But the point is, is, uh, is, is that's what we do. That, you know, now, that doesn't mean if, if, if you come to WVSOM, do I have to practice in a rural area? Of course not. We have, we have we have physicians who practice in all practice environments, or do they all practice primary care? Of course not. All DO, DOs go into all your specialties and subspecialties. So there are DO neurosurgeons, DO uh, dermatologists, D, DO ENTs, you know, and so forth. So, so, but the point is, is that 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 we they saw a need. We have fulfilled that need. We continue to fulfill that need. And we're proud of that. We're proud of what we're doing. Um, but as we move into the future, and this is the challenge of medicine, this is the challenge of medical education, is you have to, you, you have to incorporate what's new if, if it's to the benefit of the patient. And sometimes in the process, uh, you know, it may not, you know, you, you know, you, you're still figuring it out. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's, there's a need for telemedicine. Right. Uh, in my, my opinion, you know, there, there's a need for using technology appropriately. At the same time, what I would say the osteopathic pr- uh, perspective is there's also a need to, to touch people. Right. There, there's a need, there, there, there's a need for both. And so the challenge is, is how do you do that? How do you, how do you, uh, with limited, with only so many resources, mm-hmm. you know, how do you do that? Uh, and, and that's the challenge we face. And, and you know, we, we work together to try to meet those challenges. Uh, and how- technology is part of the answer, actually. So kind of expanding on that, how, what are the, the, continued challenges what are the challenges that you guys face at this given second that you're still working towards finding solutions is it how to incorporate kind of bundle everything that you were talking about together and finding the best way to treat patients yeah well one thing i mean in terms of uh medical education it's a it's a constant challenge for the faculty to figure out as new things come on board, what do you teach your students? And so we're going through uh, a major revision or we're doing a review and a revision of our curriculum uh, hmm. in the first two years. The, you know, third and fourth year, they're out in clinical rotations and they're working with docs one-on-one and uh, that that has pretty much been standardized, but it's, it's what you teach them in the beginning years that becomes a uh, challenge. And there's lots of different approaches to that. So that's, a, and I'll give you an example. 
Whereas, you know, more and more what I, what we're incorporating is simulation. I mean, simulation is such a great way to teach people because it's hands-on, because it's engaging. You can create real life scenarios and whether you use a human subject a simulator uh, or a standardized patient, um, or now we're looking at a virtual reality um, a scenario. So incorporating all of that provides this incredibly rich educational environment that um, really appeals to students and helps learning, in my opinion. Uh, and and so, uh, so, so that's how we're approaching it from the education point of view. But there's so many other things going on. I mean, uh, hospitals, uh, I mean, have, have come through an incredibly challenging time. And so, you know, there are changes occurring in healthcare delivery. What you're seeing is you're seeing the growth of hospital systems in our country. And it's not, you know, just in our state, it's, 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 it's throughout the country where you're, so, so that's having an impact on healthcare delivery. And what does that look like and getting our students prepared for that? Um, certainly, uh, there continues to be a need to produce more physicians, but one, and, and a lot of the schools have responded to that, uh, but the problem has been that we don't have, in order for a physician, whether they are DO or MD, to practice medicine, they have to, um, they have to go through a residency, uh, they all, and to get fully licensed, uh, and so the problem is, is there are more uh, medical students graduating than there are uh, residencies to go into. And so we have to, we have to fix that problem. Uh, you know, how can you go through four years of med school and then not be able to get into a residency so you can eventually do what right. you were educated to do? It's a, it, it's, it's a real problem and it's a problem both at the federal as well as the state and local levels. You mentioned so, the so there, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of change going on, and uh, you know there's a lot you know it's just just a lot of change going on. TJ, when I'm cooking dinner, I, at this point in the evening, I've got little mental capacity left. So something that has really improved my life and made cooking dinner a breeze is using Raised Rub. Now, Raised Rub is a true all-purpose seasoning that's packed full of mouth-watering herbs and spices, 21 of them to be exact. Yeah, it's like a mouthful of flavor when that chicken, pork, or vegetables get in your mouth. When you take that first bite with raised rub sprinkled on top, or if you seasoned it beforehand, it's just like, boom, punches you right in the mouth. It's it's a delicious taste. You can get it on Raised Rub's website or amazon.com, and they just ship it right to your door, man. Brody Prudnick was a former guest. We had him on, he was awesome, and he oversees the Raised Rub operation based out of Morgantown. But uh, man, this is a West Virginia company to its core, and we are, loving to be proud partners with Razor Up Cooper. Order Razor Up today. DJ, one of the things that you just gotta have in life is a J-O-B. And if you're in West Virginia, I think the best place you can go is Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Now they're a premier talent acquisition agency. So that means if you're a small business, they can help you get employees. Or if you're just looking for a job, Mountaineer Employment Solutions can help you do that. 
hold on, Cooper, I'm writing that down. You said J-O-B. Oh, job. Yeah, sorry, I'm not great at spelling. That took me a second to get there. But yeah, definitely. Mountaineer Employment Solutions is the way to go if you're looking for a job or for a company that, you know, if you need staffing for your company, definitely check those guys out. You can find them online, beamountaineer.com. That's beamountaineer.com. Bill Carter found this company he's an awesome guy and he's gonna hook you up he's gonna he's genuine man he just wants to help people especially west virginia businesses so go check them out mountaineer employment solutions you can find them online at beamountaineer.com or find either of their locations in person in morgantown and in south charleston you mentioned the, the technology actually um or the ai and you know simulation type stuff i can actually remember in high school cj i'm not sure if you were on this trip or not like in high school i actually went down to the campus and we went through the cadaver lab actually and i remember someone speaking about at that point i think it was either in development or a hopeful future thing the the use of these like i want to call them robots or something like for training aids like some type of high-tech training aid was either hopefully being developed at the school or implemented with students i'm not sure if, if that ever came to fruition or if that's something oh. that you guys use oh sure um yeah, uh, well, one, the anatomy program, I, you know, I think we have the longest running anatomy enrichment program in the country. I can't document that because back when I first started as an anatomist here, we were doing that program with Greenbrier East and then we expanded it all through Southern West Virginia. It's an incredible program that we're still doing to this day. It's just another example of what WVSOM does mm -hmm. beyond just producing great physicians who serve the state and the country. Um, we, we do things for high school kids, you know, where we expose them and in, inspire them and, and so forth. Uh, so, um, you know, I, 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 I love that program. Yeah. But um, uh, with the simulators, yeah, we, we have, um, Actually, one of the one of the largest uh, simulation centers in the country, uh, certainly the largest in the state. Um, we they don't like to call them robots. <laughs> they're, they're 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 called human subject simulators, and they're they're incredible. They we have uh, over uh, we I think we have about twenty five of them. Oh wow! And uh, they everything from uh, a newborn infant to an adult. Uh, and some specialize in cardiac or cardiac and lung sounds. Others, um, you 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 can actually, you're not injecting drugs into them because they, you know they're 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 a computer in a in a mannequin body. Um, but you you using a barcode system, using technology, you can. Uh, uh, it, it's like injecting drugs into them, so you oh, can wow. see the pharmacological effects. You know student you know can actually overdose the patient and kill the patient oh we, we have human subject simulators that go through all the stages of birth and then you can have complications like a breech birth and so forth so so the point is is you can and, and and then with the simulations you can simulate anything from like a breech birth to um domestic violence, a domestic violence problem or a child abuse problem or a mental health issue. You can incorporate all of these things in wow. simulation. Like I said, it, it's, it, it's really the way to teach uh, medical school, in my opinion.
Yeah, that's fascinating. And I, I mean, I remember as a high school student, like it, it kind of, I will say it shaped me in not to go into the medical field, but just, just me personally, but there were some folks that went to the lab and we, you know, we, it really inspired them at this time. We're, you know, we're high school students, right? We're trying to figure out what we like and don't like we're in 10th grade or something. And I can remember vividly people having that experience touring the campus, getting, you know, walk through a whole uh, throughout the facility there. And people were inspired to go into medicine from that. Um, and that's so important for West Virginia to, to have that educational based uh, programs in place for students. And then now coupled on top of this world-class technology, that's incredible. Um, I know we have, I must've been, I must've been sick that day. I don't think I made that trip. Did you so. make that trip? Yeah. Um, I know we have a little bit of your couple more minutes here with you, Dr. Nimitz, but I do want to touch on a few things um, and get your opinion on, if we have someone like a leader in medicine, like yourself on, I'd love to ask. Uh, it looks like from you, from this excerpt that you all are one of few universities that have recognized something called exercise is medicine. I think that kind of, it echoes a lot of the things that we've been talking about, a holistic approach to mind, body, spirit. Maybe talk to me a little bit about what exactly that is and how you think that uh, leads to improved health outcomes for folks. Sure. Uh, we, we actually got internationally recognized um, as uh, the only osteopathic uh, institution in the world uh, and one of, uh, you know, I think a hundred some uh, throughout the world, uh, silver designation. Uh, in terms of uh, educating both our students and the community that uh, exercise is medicine, that uh, it's, 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 it's this concept that, that there are things that you can do to improve your health, to maintain your health, to be healthy. And one of them is exercise. And, and so teaching people that, teaching our medical students that so that they can learn how to give an exercise prescription to a patient, say, who is a diabetic or who has high blood pressure, um, you know, walking prescriptions, whatever it is based on uh, what that patient needs. Uh, so one, it's educating our students, but also it's educating the community. And, um, one of the things that WVSOM does incredibly well is, is community engagement and, and taking what we know and, and, and creating programs, piloting programs uh, that we can then take statewide to um, basically help improve people's health. I think, you know, medicine is more than, than, than having a sick person walk into a physician's office and say, doc, I need help, I'm sick. Right. Medicine is also about, and, and, and particularly osteopathic medicine is about, we want people to be healthy. You know, that's the goal is we want health. We want well-being. And we want that uh, both for the body, the mind, and the spirit. Uh, it's so important. And then we want health in our communities. That's mm -hmm. what we want. Yeah, I mean, like in a state like West Virginia, I mean, we have to be frank. I mean, the state has struggled long time with obesity problems. Like, I couldn't imagine that if we said, like, if we had a direct, you know, if you could see a direct correlation between, I don't know, like a, a 10, 20% reduction in obesity, and then what that plays out into the prevention of future health problems, and then how that could alleviate, uh, you know, medical facilities, and then future treatments of things, if you never even have to get to the point where you're treated, if you're, if you're already healthy, making decisions, you know, 10 years before possible, you need treaties, or treatment for something, um, you could just, you could see how that would just fundamentally transform it in a region, a state, uh, a community, um, and whatnot. Um, CJ, any thoughts on that? 
or any, no, anything else you want just, to get to? No, I, I think what's incredible, actually going back to somewhere where you started that osteopathic medicine kind of has its roots connected to this area of the world. Um, mm -hmm. The story that you told at the beginning, the guy kind of grew up or spent time in Withville and traveled through this Western part of Virginia at the time, I'm sure, but uh, kind of cool that where it started, it is almost yeah. growing and creating the biggest impact. So I think region, that's a yeah. unique in this region. I think that's a unique little twist. So, yeah. And, you know, I think one of the keys is starting with kids. Uh, we, we, we're, we're doing a program called fit kids where we're, we're using exercise, you know, teaching exercise to kids in a fun way, game, you know, games, you know, kids just love to play and getting them to play. I mean, so, so many, true. I mean, I see it in my, my own uh, grandchild, you know, where, where they get so entranced by uh, technology, by video games. And, and I, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I think that has its place too. Uh, but you, you know, kids love to play. They need to be outdoors. They need to be running and doing other things as well. You need to, you know, uh, watch the screen time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I think influencing kids, we, we had a, the school had a long time TV show called Abracadabra, where we were teaching kids nutrition and exercise and, you know, healthy, how to make good choices. I think all, I think it's important to impact kids because kids can impact their parents and adults uh so i, I it, at the same time you got to have specialized programs for the adults as well mm -hmm. and so um and wvsom is a part of that that's my point is is that the vision of the founders has gone beyond just the production of quality osteopathic physicians that serve the state and nation it, it it's gone on to research efforts to you know, combat the disease, or how can we be healthier to actually implementing programs in the community? It's all important. Yeah, good deal, man. Well, Dr. Nims, uh, thank you so much for, yeah. for coming Very on. Very I mean, insightful and enlightening thanks. to get your perspective. Yeah, thank absolutely. you so much. I mean, well, West Virginia, I mean, this is, this is critical. I mean, because a lot of folks, again, the whole point of the podcast, is the shine light of things going on, like Westford, this is an example of where West Virginia has a program where we're leading the nation and potentially the world on the future of medicine, the future of health right here in almost heaven. And you guys are doing phenomenal work and you're a big part of that uh, for pushing that initiative forward. So we thank you um, tremendously for doing that. And also, yeah, for coming on and sharing it with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you, Cooper and CJ. Uh, thank you for your great work uh, for the state. I love this place. You know, best place I've ever lived, best place I've ever worked. Um, come and visit us here in Lewisburg. But also the other thing I want to say is WVSOM, we have a statewide campus. We're throughout the state. Uh, so okay. that's our impact is statewide. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode with Dr. James Nimitz. The Mountaineer Media Podcast is producer Mason Jack, co-host Cooper Zimmerman, and myself, CJ Harvey. Special thanks to all of our bloggers, Joe Justice, Shannon Stowers, Jessica Riggins, Catherine Allen, Travis Kale, Laura Jackson-Roberts, and Mackenzie Holdren. You can find all of their great work over on our website, mountaineermedia.org. Another shout out to Jocelyn Barnhart, Andrew Montes, and Logan Garrison. They are part of our live event staff as we continue to plan some live events over the next coming months and a couple of years hopefully we keep this thing going including the almost heaven classic 
which is going to be the best golf outing of your life. So keep your ears closely listening to more information for that. It should be coming soon. We're really excited to drop some more details on that here over the next coming months. All right, another special thanks to Mike Fulton who helped us line up this episode. If you want a shout out on the podcast, please pass along those guest recommendations and contact information because if we have them on, well, we'll make sure to give you the credit that you deserve. So please send them our way. Make sure to check out our website, like I previously mentioned, mountaineermedia.org. Of course, we've got the blogs. We've got a shop filled with one-of-a-kind West Virginia merchandise you want to see for yourselves. You'll love it. So go check it out right now. Make sure to sign up for the newsletter on our website. You'll get monthly discount codes and we'll get you caught up to speed on everything you need to know about Mountaineer Media. You can also find us on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. We love hearing from you guys, so please shoot us a note. And don't forget, we are now on Patreon too with plenty of bonus content, ad-free episodes, insider access, including our new series, View from the Top, where we give you the top-down perspective on everything Mountaineer Media, some insight to how we're planning the Almost Heaven Classic and some live events, as well as behind-the-scenes access of how we get these guests, how we line them up, and just cool stories that we don't always get to tell on the actual podcast itself. So that is a great place for us to kind of tell those longer format stories that we don't always get to so hopefully you go check us out there on patreon.com or just download the patreon app it's super easy and then search mountaineer media boom pops up on a feed on your feed like any other social media platform so it's very cool so please go check this out and your support for mountaineer media is always very welcome and we appreciate everything that you guys do for us all right we'll be back again this time next week so we'll see you then peace